We're not in the great outdoors. We're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Welcome back, and thank you so much for hanging out around our campfire again this weekend on Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Front door to this old camp house is brought to you by Forta Flora from Purina Veterinary Diets, a canine probiotic that works as well as a preventative before that long road trip as it does after GI upset occurs for better intestinal health and better health overall for your dog. Check out Forta floor Dr. Dale Rollins has been with the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch out in West Texas, Roby, Texas for a long long time and it's time to turn loose of the reins a little bit. Oh, he'll still have a presence, but the day-to-day is moving on. And I think Dale would tell you that Out of all the good work that he has accomplished throughout these decades, maybe the shining star of all of it are the brigades, the Bob White Brigade, the Buckskin Brigade, the Ranch Brigade. There are a lot of them. They're summer camps where, yes, the youngsters learn biology and about different critters, but primarily these camps grow good citizens. If your youngster went to a camp this year and it was all fun and games and it it was okay, but you'd like for them to maybe grow a little during camp, boy, you really ought to look at the brigades. We're going to talk to Dr. Dale about that a little later on. The ripple effects of COVID-19, well, we're still feeling them. And it affects you, the bow hunter. If you're a bow hunter and you think you're going to pick that bow up the week before season opener and run it by the bow shop for a tune-up, maybe a new string, get it back for opening day well that's just not the case this year now is the time to get ready for bow season kyle chambers is our bow guy here at kinder outdoors and he runs the shop at cinnamon creek archery good friends and one of the best archery facilities on planet earth we're going to talk to him about the urgency of getting ready early this year and how about that texas walleye association what Yeah, there actually is a walleye trail this far south. There's only one lake in Texas that holds walleye, Lake Meredith up in the Texas Panhandle, but it holds some dandies, and you'll be impressed with what the Texas Walleye Association catches out of Meredith come tournament time. We'll talk to Brian Garrison with the Texas Walleye Association, too. So, hey, pour yourself a cup of coffee. We saved that chair for you right over there. Make yourself at home in camp with us today at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, speaking of bow hunters, they're having a big time at that Pope and Young Biennial Convention, 32nd Biennial Convention, celebrating 60 years of bow hunting conservation. The biggest names in bow hunting have been having a ball in Reno, Nevada over the past few days, and they'll wrap it up today. And then it's off to Park City, Utah for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation World Elk Calling Championships. More than $40,000 in cash, hunting gear, and other prizes up for grabs. Part of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Mountain Festival. This coming Thursday and Friday, 10-time individual winner Corey Jacobson, Donnelly, Idaho. He'll be there. And two-time defending women's champ Marissa Pagano of Lehigh. Idaho is back. 
cheating never pays, never. Even if you think you got away with it, it's going to catch up with you. Down in Louisiana, law enforcement agents cited a couple of guys, Hunter Moss, 24 years old, out of Mooringsport, and Philip Purcell, 30 years old, of Oil City, Louisiana, for contest fraud in a bass tournament on Caddo Lake. They received a complaint that Moss and Purcell had caught three bass earlier in the week and then kept them alive in a basket near a dock on the lake. During questioning, the two guys admitted that during the tournament they went back and retrieved those three bass from the dock and included them in their five-bass limit that they weighed for the tournament. Contest fraud in Louisiana brings up two, a $3,000 fine each and a year in jail. Another big fishing derby way up in Plattsburgh, New York. The Bassmaster Elites on Lake Champlain last weekend. Did you watch any of that on Fox Sports? Brian Schmidt won it, and he won it just 15 minutes before Sunday's final weigh-in. He landed a three-and-a-half-pound smallmouth that gave him a 12-ounce upgrade. That fish put him over the top with a four-day total of 78 pounds and five ounces. Much to the chagrin of second-place angler, Texas boy, Keith Combs. He finished second. And that three-and-a-half-pounder that Schmidt caught right at the wire, it cost Keith $64,000. All eyes were on Minnesota pro Seth Fighter, who came into the event needing to avoid a total crash and burn to maintain his lead for Bassmaster Angler of the Year standings. He finished in fourth place and has a commanding lead headed into the final event of the elite season. That's this weekend on the St. Lawrence River. Calming care. That's the name of that stuff. Calming care very gently and naturally over time settles the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper, the one that tears the house up during a thunderstorm. Calming care from the trusted name Purina. Well, hey, what do you say we stretch our legs for a minute or two and then meet up with Kyle Chambers from Cinnamon Creek Archery down in the bow shop? Good morning. It's Bobby Lane. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Kinder, get in the boat. Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then view our media kit and give Audra a call. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. Now, more than maybe ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups, complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread around while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. The Vineyards also features spacious lakefront cabins, fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well-stocked with everything from groceries and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, 
kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on-site. Come to the Vineyards. We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com I'm Tom Watson with Bend Knee International, asking you to pray for the Navajo people of New Mexico and Arizona. The COVID-19 pandemic has hit these native people exceptionally hard. In many cases, multiple families live in the same home. Water is carried from muddy streams for household use, and medical care is many miles away. I simply ask that you join me in lifting them up to the Lord. To learn more, please visit BendedKnee.org. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. You folks come in off the porch. Kinder Outdoors is back. Hey, welcome back to Our Campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and Kyle Chambers joins us today. He's our archery pro at Kinder Outdoors. He's also the head pro at Cinnamon Creek Archery. You'll find him there in the pro shop most days. Hey, Kyle, always good to have you on the show. (laughs) It's always good to see you too, Billy. If I'm snooping around the bow shop, that means it's right around the corner. We're going to be deer hunting for long. No doubt. It's right around the corner, so it's, it's coming on us pretty quick. Yeah, it is, and... Uh, don't don't if you're thinking about bow season, you're a bow hunter, you love to go, you're planning to go. Don't wait until August to get your bow into Kyle and the crew at Cinnamon Creek or your local bow shop. If you're listening to this in Wisconsin or wherever, go now. Absolutely, I would highly recommend starting early this year. Due to all the pandemic stuff that's still going on, shipping, uh, getting product, 
It's just going to be one of those years where it's going to be really difficult to get things in a timely manner. So I would recommend starting as early as possible. So go now. Yeah, uh, string replacement, it doesn't matter how minor, whatever, a new peep, a new whatever, no matter how small you think it is, now's the time. Uh, how about purchasing a new bow? Uh, we don't want to put that off either because, it, man, it's hard to get shipments in. No kidding. Yeah, we're having an extremely difficult time getting merchandise. Luckily for us, we've kind of pre-planned. We have a full selection. I have 1,400 bows in stock because I pre-planned to get that stuff. But it will be difficult to get bows this year. Yeah, if you walk in here, you know, uh, on August 15th and expect to uh, have the cream of the crop sitting there, it just may not be there. No doubt. Things that are normally taking two weeks this year are taking up to 12. So definitely yeah. get in and get, get your stuff now. You bet. And, of course, you know, you, you shoot year-round. You never stop. But a lot of us lay off, you know, and, and we haven't pulled that bow in a long, long time. <laughs> Don't put that off either. A little muscle memory and practice is always good. <laughs> no doubt. And I'm guilty of that, too, sometimes. I can't say that uh, I get to shoot as much as I like to. But definitely get out there. Get those muscles uh, in tune. Uh, get everything going because, like I said, you never know also when you're shooting that you may need little service or little things done that you didn't expect. And it's going to be one of those years where you're going to wish you would have done it earlier rather than later. Yeah. If we're not a competitive shooter but we hunt with our bow and, you know, we practice a couple of months out of the year, we shoot maybe six months out of the year, how often should we bring that, uh, bring that bow in and get it restrung uh, every year? The restringing depends on the amount of time that you spend shooting. General rule, bows will last somewhere between, oh, I'd say around 6,000 shots on a string. Now, that's not counting uh, sitting in your house. You know, obviously, there's, there's things that, that you can take into effect, stretch, things like that. General rule of thumb, I would say change your strings out every two to three years. If you shoot often, six months to a year. Okay, very good. Yeah, so if you're extreme, you love to shoot, you shoot every day, every six months, be safe, go get her done. Absolutely. Very good. All right, and don't put it off. Get here now. Get here now, <laughs> no doubt. Learn more about Kyle Chambers and all the pros at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Archery when you come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. This corner of the camp house is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. Calming Care. Your vet can tell you all about it. And folks who have used it with their overactive dogs love it. Your dog maintains his or her personality, but drops the nervousness. Calming care. Let's jump on that Kinder Outdoors trot line now and head for the great state of Kansas to talk to Brian Garrison with the Texas Walleye Association. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Good to be here. You know, people are going to hear this. Brian, they're going to hear us say Texas Walleye Association, and they're going to think we've lost our minds. But there really is a walleye trail in the state of Texas, isn't there? Yes, sir, and has been for quite some time. And there's only one lake in Texas that holds walleye, uh, and that's Lake Meredith, uh, which uh, this makes sense. It's up in the Texas Panhandle. May, maybe it's a degree or two cooler up there, but uh, that's got to be deep water. Tell me a little bit about Meredith. Meredith is... Uh... It is a deep lake. It's not full right now. At one time, it, it topped out at 101 foot deep. Right now, it's sitting around 75 foot deep, uh, which came back. We lost it for a few years. It went all the way down to 25, and the state took over and uh, restocked it as it started coming back up. And uh, It's got a lot of cover in it. It's got a lot of rock and points, and some timber grew up in it when it was down. 
So it's it's really become a heck of a fishery here in the last six years. And it is part of the Texas Walleye Association Trail. Now, uh, if you're going to fish only Texas lakes with walleye, uh, that's going to be a pretty short season or else everybody's going to get tired of the same water after a few months. <laughs> but So you guys, you spread it around, don't you? Yes, we travel a little bit. Uh, we move out and fish in Logan, New Mexico on Ute Lake. Um, every so often we'll go hit a lake in Oklahoma or Conscious over in New Mexico. But we normally fish two to three tournaments every year on Lake Meredith, and our championship is always held uh, in Texas since it's Texas walleye. So, And people would be surprised uh, at the quality of uh, walleye that come out of Meredith. Oh, yes. Right right now there are, there are some great fish in there. Um, I, I actually won the championship here in June, and we weighed over 20 pounds on day one. It took, it took just a touch over 30 pounds to, for a two-day total to pull it off. So wow. there's some good fish in there, but there's also a, a lot of it. It's a great place to take a kid fishing. I mean, you can go out and catch 15 inches like like there's just 10 million of them in there. So wow. it, it, it's really a pretty incredible fishery right now. So what are what are the uh, the limits and, and rules on walleye in Texas? Uh, they're on Lake Meredith. Lake Meredith actually sits inside of a national park. So the national park has um, some uh, oversight in it. But as long as you measure one 16 inches, your other four can actually be under that. And it, it has been very beneficial for the lake because, you know, people that want to just eat a few fish or whatever, they can go get those and eat them, and it leaves the big fish alone to grow and, and get bigger. <laughs> that's uh, that's yep. pretty good conservation at uh, at work up there. Tell us more about the Texas Walleye Association. How long have you guys been around? I have been in the Texas Walleye. I know it started before I got in. Um, it actually started at a different organization, but I got in in 07, 06, and we, we were fishing in Conscious, New Mexico, and that's how I got got involved with them. And we have we've been hard at it at four to eight tournaments every you know spring to spring to about June. We try and get done before the water gets real hot. And, it, and it's grown and lost. There's guys that used to be there, and they've passed away now, and, and new ones have come. This, this last year going on, Meredith, we grew a whole bunch. We, we were averaging uh, 25 to 35 boats a, a tournament, which was which was really good. Man, that is uh, awesome. Yeah, that's really good. It, I live in Texas, and I'm a solid six-hour drive from Meredith. Uh, you uh, live in Kansas, and you can be to Meredith in an hour. <laughs> this is not yeah, limited to Texas. Is anglers Oklahoma, New Mexico, Kansas? It's open. Yeah, it, it's open. We have them come from all over. We've had some people come down from Colorado. We have two other teams that come down from Kansas that drive a little bit further than us. We even have some Oklahoma teams that that come over. It's, awesome. it's just if you're interested, it's a blast. Uh, none of us are afraid to you know help somebody out, teach them something if they're struggling. I, I'd rather somebody learn something and keep doing it than get whooped and and just leave us because they didn't think they did good. So. Sure. Yeah, come out and play and check it out. I fell in love with walleye years ago, but like most people, I was way up north when that happened. I was in Mon- uh, Montana, uh, but maybe I need to fish Texas a little bit more and go check out Meredith. It, it'd be worth your trip, I promise. You, you wouldn't be disappointed. Brian, if folks want to learn more about the Texas Walleye Association, where do they look? We have a Facebook page uh, on on Texas Walleye. We did away with our website, but you can get on there. I try and keep it updated, but you can see all of our past tournaments here in probably another month, a month and a half. Our next year's schedule will get posted, so 
people can plan way ahead if they've got to get time off work or whatever to do one or, or free fish or whatever. But pretty much all the information's on there, rules, all that stuff. And then my, my obviously my contacts on there or email if they if they get in there and have some question, they either email or text or whatever. Yeah. The Texas Walleye Association. A lot of people didn't know you existed, but here you are and they can learn more on Facebook. Hey Brian, thanks so much for your time. I sure do appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's Dominic Zamito with Two Rivers Fly Shop in North Fork, Arkansas. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Billy, are you sinking? It looks like you've got a heck of a hole in your waders there. Get ready, it's back. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. It's coming to the Fort Worth Convention Center, August 13, 14, and 15. Make your plans now. Block out the calendar. Come book a hunt. Take a look at all the very latest and greatest feeders, blinds, camo, ATVs, optics, game calls, and everything else that goes with it. The tailgate party to the fall hunting seasons happens in Fort Worth with the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. August 13 through 15. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there is peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word csbiblechurch.org Way out in West Texas on Highway 287, about 40 miles east of Amarillo, is one of the coolest roadside stops that you'll find. Right there on the south side of the highway sits the Buffalo Gold Herdware Store. Buffalo Gold features wonderful western art, one-of-a-kind jewelry, and all things buffalo. Belts, boots, and bison leather products of all kinds. Our buffalo wool socks, gloves, hats, beanies, and more will keep you warm like never before during the coldest winters. And that road trip will feel better, too, with a soft and cozy buffalo down knit throw or lap robe. Unique and beautiful Damascus steel kitchen knives. Vintage Navajo sterling and turquoise jewelry. A huge selection of bison moccasins, shoes, and boots for hunting, working, or just looking great. Stop in and see us at the Buffalo Gold Herdware Store. Yes, we do have our own herd. 40 miles east of Amarillo near Goodnight, Texas. 
buffalogold.net. Crappie anglers, tired of tying knots? Hey, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here to tell you about the all-new Add-A-Hook by Bullet Weights. The Add-A-Hook is designed to put a hook on your line without using any knots or cutting your line. Hold the Add-A-Hook next to your fishing line, then wrap the line five times around each side, pull your line into the clips, and bam, you're ready to go, and it will not slip. I can tie a double crappie rig in 30 seconds when it takes up to six minutes to tie one with all the knots. Add a hook is made of stainless steel, no rust, flexible, and tough. Mr. Crappie and Bullet Weights has made it better, faster, and easier for crappie fishermen to get back in the water catching more crappie than ever. Bullet Weights has a full line of Mr. Crappie double mental rigs for trolling and vertical fishing. The Mr. Crappie Troll Tech rigs are designed to troll in shallow waters and heavy cover, keeping two baits close together without hanging up. Also, don't forget Mr. Crappie Slow Troll and Double Drop Crappie Rigs. Pre-tied with number two hooks, double swivel weights, and eight-pound line. Tie one on today. Look us up at bulletweights.com. Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Casaria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has 10 double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting cordobadoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. You're back. We still have some big fish to fry here at Kinder Outdoors. I got a really cool note uh, this week from Brian Cruz, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Billy, I'm not a hunter or an outdoorsman at all. However, I love listening to your show and enjoy your sense of humor and your subtle political views. I learn a lot from your show about life in general and even helped a coworker write a college paper about conservation using you and the Dallas Safari Club as sources. Brian, what a nice note. Thanks for taking the time uh, and letting me know, and thanks for your work as a firefighter as well. Greatly appreciate you. You know, one of the best ever at catching great big bass and catching them on a crankbait is Kinder Outdoors pro Kelly Jordan. KJ, talk to us a little bit about crankbaits today. It looks pretty easy. Chunk it and grind it, right? It is if you're casting reeling at the right speed and the right depth in the right place. <laughs> there you go. There's a little more to it than that. Yeah, there there is a lot. You know, there's a lot of feel there, and uh, you know, the, you got to pick the right baits. You got to have the right retrieve speed. Uh, you might have to vary, you know, your speed. Some days they may want to do a straight burning retrieve, which is as fast as you can reel it in the whole way in. The other times they may want it super slow. Sometimes they want to stop and go. Uh, you know, the the, the the thing I can tell you is let the fish tell you. Yeah. If you know they're there or you catch a couple and you're not catching them as good as you think you should be, 
change them up a little bit, see if they'll let you know what they want at that time, and that can change throughout the day, hour, and minute as well. You know, you don't ever know. But, no, you know, there, there's there's a million and one uh, different ways, uh, you know, you can you can fish a crankbait. Uh, there's a million kinds of crankbaits, like you said. Uh, a crankbait is probably one of the most deadly baits that there is out there for catching the most and the biggest fish. That's why so many tournaments, when they're on a crank, you know, when there's a crankbait bite to be had, it's usually one on a crankbait. Yeah. Uh, it's a deadly presentation, and if you haven't ever caught them real good on a crankbait, or maybe you don't have that much confidence in a crankbait, uh, I'll tell you, man, give it a shot, stay with it, figure them out, and uh, you know, it's like anything. It's just more uh, more clubs in your bag. You know, it's just more stuff you can throw at them, and uh, if you get them on the crankbait. It's special. And that, like, seriously, that is one of the best ways to catch the most and the biggest fish around yeah. once they get on it. So uh, keep after it. A lot of the big, my favorite kind of cranking is deep cranking, well, you know, with big rods, big crankbaits, and it usually involves 10-pound liner. So there's, yeah. you know, there's a little touch there. The main thing with landing fish on a crankbait is keeping pressure. You know, as far as landing them, yeah, we're trying to put the heat on as much as we can, but I can't put that much heat with 10-pound line on a fish on a crankbait. Uh, I've seen more big fish lost by people, and especially since I used to be a guy on Lake Fork, my clients, when they would see a big fish that they'd hooked on a crankbait. Right. Well, what the natural reaction of most people to do is, oh, man, it's a big one. They No, they back way off. Oh. They don't want to break him off. Uh-huh. They're scared of him. They, get him. they see how big he is, so they start trying to easy play him. That's the best way to lose a big one in the hole. <laughs> if you want to lose one, just go ahead and back off and let him do whatever he wants. Uh, he will, you will probably lose him. Everything that we do is, is we have our rods set up. You need to match, you know, your rods to the bait you're using and to the size line you're using. You need to set your drag on your reel correctly. Um, you know, when they get close to the boat, you don't have the benefit as, of as much line out there, so there's less line stretch. What that means, it's easier for them to pop the line, break the line. Uh, practice, you know, if you're fun fishing and you want to be ready for that big one, practice all that. Practice, you know, keeping strong pressure and what the limit of it is close to the boat. Also, you really need to get good with your thumb bar if you use some bait casting. Hitting the bar and let them run if they get close to the boat with your thumb. That's going into free spill mode and letting them go. Don't try to stop them when they make a run. Just keep it tight and let them go off and then click it back in and then put the heat back on them. You know, you can practice that on smaller fish when they get close. Hit it and let them run. Just, you know, get used to where that's just an easy thing to do and second nature. You know, there's a lot of little tricks like that. But, uh, you know, really, when you're fun fishing and, you, you know, whatever tackle you're using, if you want to play them down, that's great. Putting the heat on them is usually the best way to get them in the boat. Uh, but there are limits to that, especially if they're a big one. So I do it and feel it and and, and and learn it. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, if if I could ski them on ten pound line, I would. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to say I wouldn't because I can't, or I, I I don't because I can't. Excuse me. The way that we fight them in tournaments, that's the fastest way you can get them in the boat. And sometimes we use really big line, yeah. so we can do what you're talking about. Right. Uh, I try to use the biggest line I can get away with. Right. But there's a lot of times, especially cranking, when that is not the case. Right. The, the the best way to lose a big fish is if you have a big old heavy crankbait or a big lipless crank, you know, say a one-ounce lure, let him jump a couple times on slack line. He can throw that sucker around. He'll throw it back in your face. More times than not. You know, that's that's like, you know, having a rock on the end of a, you know, you can break anything, you know, like that. 
like I said, there's a bunch of ways to play a fish. If you're trying to play them and for fun, I guess it's not going to break your heart too bad if you lose a 12-pounder. But uh, it would break mine. Yeah. Just try to be smart and keep tension. Even if you're trying not to horse from the boat, don't ever give them slack and don't ever give them just a little bit of tension. Keep it nice and firm. Yeah. You don't have to horse them in the boat, but, you know, if you do want to land the fish, make sure that you have pressure all the time. Uh, you'll land a lot more of them. Kinder Outdoors Pro, Kelly Jordan, KJ, on the Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour. Hey, I want you guys to get familiar with the Brigades of Texas. They are incredible summer camps. I was at the Bob White Brigade recently and ran into a young lady who was a young girl when I first met her years ago at the Brigades, a camper then, and giving back now, Morgan Payne. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Billy? I'm good. It's good to see you again. We've, uh, you know, we never meet in an office anywhere. It's always at a really cool ranch someplace. You, you do cool stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. We are out on this ranch right now, and it is just um, an amazing time, um, beautiful ranch. We're so glad to be out here. Yeah, absolutely, and it's a great place, uh, and a lot of learning goes on here uh, at these different brigades, these camps. Dr. Dale Rollins started the Bob White Brigade many years ago, and just a few years back, you were not in the role you have now. You were actually one of the cadets. How did that come about? How did you become a part of this? So back when I was uh, 13, 14 years old, my brother actually went to these camps, and I started seeing all the opportunities that he was getting from these camps and all the friends he was making, and so I decided to go. And at 14 years old, I went to camp and at the Rolling Plains Bob White Brigade, and then after that, it's been history because I've just gone through and came back as an assistant covey leader and started working for the Texas Brigades and all the way up to eight years later, and I am now the camp coordinator of the Rolling Plains Bob White Brigade. <laughs> you found a home. You love this stuff. I do. Hey, I know you would encourage, obviously, you would encourage uh, youngsters that are interested in the outdoors. What kind of, what kind of kiddo makes a good cadet? Who, who really enjoys being here? Because it's rigorous. It is rigorous. And I say that any kid ages 13 to 17 who just loves the outdoors will love this camp. And there are so many different camps. This is all about Bob White quail and uh, quail research, and you have the very best in the world here teaching uh, that and, and various other parts of the industry. Uh, but there are many other brigades. Yes, there are eight Texas Brigade camps, and they range from the Bob White quail. We have the buckskin brigades that go over deer. We have the bass brigade. We have the coastal brigade. We have a ranch brigade. And back this year is the Waterfowl Brigade. Uh, so whatever your youngster is interested in, uh, this would be a great place to, to get them in. Now, getting in, that's a whole different story. Uh, you can't just say, um, yeah, I'm going, because uh, there are only so many slots, and they fill up really fast. They do fill up really fast. They only take about 30 kids per camp. And um, in about November of every year, the applications come open, and you got to get on our website the Texas Brigade's website, and you'll apply there. And about March, you'll hear back and hear about what camp you're going to be going to that yeah. summer. Why do you stay involved in this? I know you're very busy. Uh, you're still going to school. You're adding titles to your degree. Uh, it's time-consuming. Why do you still do this? It's about the kids. It really is. When I was 13 years old, I came to this camp, and I was giving this same interview with you back when I was 14 years old yeah. and it's amazing what these camps open up the opportunities that it lends you I'm not even getting a degree in wildlife or anything about this but 
these kids grow and you just build a community around them. Hi everybody, it's World Championship caller Al Morris. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas, and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun, or listened from the porch to the summer song of the Bob White, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall, the Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota coyotes is the South Dakota State University jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Owyhee. The view from your giant Western Canada Red Cedar Lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef, oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas hill country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. 
those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance, do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Camp House has lots of room. Come on in, Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder, and I want you to come see me at kinderoutdoors.com. You spell that like kindergarten, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. And take a look at Joshua Peary up in Oklahoma, Rogers County, on a farm pond, he pulled a channel cat out of there that looks to be like, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 pounds. It's a big one, and he's proud of it. He's all braced up and posed up and holding that bad boy for you on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, way to go, Joshua. Nice fish. And I'm trying to get this guy on the show with me in the state of Washington. Kalen Peterson caught a monster tiger trout back in June. 24.49 pound tiger trout, Loon Lake, Stevens County, new state record. In fact, he broke the old state record by six pounds. <laughs> he reeled in the fish. He could tell it was a big one, but even once he had landed it, he wasn't entirely sure that he would keep it until he saw that it was unable to swim away on its own. He said, I was ecstatic, but tried to let it go. Because I was thinking in my head that if this thing is this big now, in a year, it might be a record. That's when his mom started yelling at him that, hey, that is the new state record. <laughs> We're trying to get in touch with Kalen Peterson. In the meantime, check him out on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. I always enjoy my visits with Dale Rollins, Dr. Dale from the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch. We had a front porch visit at a beautiful ranch on a cool evening not long ago. When did the uh, brigades start? This was your idea how long ago? It was my idea. I had what I call my Bob White Line Epiphany in December of 1992 as I traveled from Astremont up to Guthrie and route to Childress to give a talk to some 4-H volunteers. And the, literally the name Bob White Brigade came into my mind. I didn't know what it meant, but I've always been one to follow my hunch. And when I got back, I visited with some other friends, and we decided to make a go of it. So it's been running since 1993. This is the 28th battalion this year. Is that not just amazing? Back then, did, did you you put this thing together? Did you, Could you have even imagined how this has grown? I'm sometimes asked about that, and I always quote Forrest Gump, who I'm a big fan of Forrest Gump. He said, I just felt like running. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, no, I did not have any idea 28 years ago. Before we, we now have seven camps total. And we've got such a great crew of uh, volunteers and student workers and so forth. Yeah, it's it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it is uh, just phenomenal. What are kids going to learn, uh, no matter whether it's a buckskin brigade or a ranch brigade or a bobwhite brigade? 
they're going to learn some common things throughout that week. What are they? We're going to use the biology of that particular critter, whether it's a mallard duck or, in our case, a bobwhite quail, to teach leadership development. So they're going to learn things like team building, critical thinking, public speaking, things that they probably are lacking in. And, again, our goal has never been to train future quail biologists or deer biologists. Our goal has been to train future leaders, community leaders, congressmen, whatever the case might be, that have an appreciation for natural resources. Yeah, and... Boy, oh boy, has that been successful. Uh, you've got quite an alumni now after these years. We really do. It's, it's always refreshing. As you know, you and I were together recently at the Park City's Quail Banquet, and I walked in there, and here comes a young man from the 1st Battalion, the Bob White Brigade, back in 1993. It was uh, Mike McCallum, who owns Riata Restaurant. Yeah, yeah some, some notable folks that have gone on and put those leadership skills to, uh, to work. Um, I tell you what, it's just a joy to come. It will reestablish your faith in, in our youth uh, if you were to get a visual of what takes place here. These kids are up at 5 in the morning, and they don't shut her down until they're completely finished with their chores, which may be midnight. Well, it may be later than midnight. Normally the classroom portion of it ends about 11 o'clock, but they've got homework assignments to do. So we've never apologized for that machine gun-like pace. It's something like they've never... Uh, participated in, but we always find that no matter how high the bar, that how high we set the bar, they pull up to achieve it, and that's very rewarding as an educator. You'll find that uh, these kiddos will will respect each other and their elders here. They will be on time. They'll get up. They'll make their own bed. They'll they'll take care of their chores every day. And by golly, they they seem to really like discipline and scheduling because uh, and self discipline. Because they always come back. They want to come back. They, they love this. That's right. We challenge them to go home and conduct at least three programs on conservation education at their local community. We reward those that do 10 or more. And if you ask most of them, we give college scholarships to the top six producers in each battalion. But if you ask the cadets, why would you be interested to come back? Because they enjoyed it so much. It's the toughest week they've ever been through, and they loved it. And they love it, and they come back. Yeah. Let's talk about something we love, too, and that's bobwhite quail. Right. Uh, and, of course, we're in the last stronghold here in Texas, western Oklahoma, south Texas, for bobwhite quail. Uh, and it's been dismal. We've had dismal years in the past, but it always seemed to bounce back, you know, as we were growing up in Huntingdale. Uh, but it's gotten more dismal in the past decade. Well, certainly for those of us in the Rolling Plains, the last three years have been tough old years. Uh, South Texas, you know, has been better. They've been able to get some rains and so forth. So they've they've been able to look at us and say, oh, you poor guys out there. Our Bob Whites, our Blue Quail numbers have both been quite low over the last three years. Quail are in a rut right now, and when they're in a rut, you got a lot of things looking at you to eat you, and it's hard to bounce out of what we call the predator pit. They tend to be suppressed down there. So it takes really good uh, conditions to be able to give them the opportunity to reproduce enough to out-reproduce their predators kind of thing. We're off to a good start. I mean, starting about uh, late April, we've had some rain in West Texas. We had 10 inches of rain in May at the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch. So that is just exactly what this doctor ordered. Uh, we're seeing some pretty good nest productivity right now, and hopefully that will continue the cool weather and the rain go hand in hand, and hopefully we'll continue to see some good reproduction throughout the summer. Yeah, that good reproduction and chick survival. You know, when that when that grass and those weeds are about a foot and a half, two foot tall and teeming with grasshoppers, that helps. Absolutely. You know, again, we, we've got a, we have a saying in West Texas, just add water. <laughs> and when we can get the water at the right time, well, things like broomweed come up. Some, some plants that... 
people just like to look down on, I typically herald as great things. And broomweed's a good example of those. And we're off to a good start with the broomweed crop. Cactus is a good thing a lot of times. We have a cadence right here at the Bob Barber Gate. says, many ranchers do declare they got too much prickly pear. It's a thorny plant that they despise, but it sure looks good through a quail hen's eyes. <laughs> hey, who uh, took you quail hunting for the very first time? Uh, was it, did you go out on your own? How did you fall in love with these little birds? Well, when you grew up where I did in Hollis, Oklahoma, southwest corner of Oklahoma, we didn't have any turkeys, we didn't have any deer. We had bobwhite quail. And so I learned, or I went quail hunting initially just riding in the lap of my daddy as he drove down the county road kind of thing. Hunter ethics weren't that great, so if you saw an opportunity, you took it. And uh, from there, I graduated to a 410, shot my first quail on the wing with a 410. I can show you with GPS precision exactly where that happened in 1966. <laughs> and it's just uh, it's a love that's built from there. Yeah, and it has grown, and boy, the influence you've had on a whole lot of folks since then. Uh, you're slowing down a little bit, backing off uh, of uh, the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch and a lot of the work that you've done there. Well... It was time for a, a, a new dog to come in there. I, I tell people that old dogs hunt hard, but they just can't cover the ground that those new dogs can. And so we're very, very lucky to announce Brad Kubetschke as our new executive director. Uh, I trained Brad. He interned with us at the ranch several years, and when you meet him, you'll be impressed with just how hard he hunts. He always keeps it in four-wheel drive. And so I'm stepping back into what I call a director of outreach role which I love. You know, I love doing the podcast. I love doing the Quail Masters, the Bob White Brigade. So that that's where that's where my career of 37 years was built, was in those outreach things. And I look forward to continuing those and carrying those on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to working with Brad. I've got to do my homework and study how to pronounce his name, though. That's uh, Rollins was real easy. <laughs> well, Kubeka, but he'll say Kubechka, so it's uh, whatever that is. Uh, <laughs> Check uh, name down there in Fayette County, Texas. But, yeah, he'll answer just about anything as long as you call him in time for supper. <laughs> there you go. Dale, thank you so much for all the, the hard work and dedication you put into our, our Texas quails and quails everywhere. We appreciate it. It's been a labor of love, Billy, and thank you for coming out and sharing your expertise tonight with the 28th Battalion of the Bob White Brigade. in the truck. Half the fun is just getting there. Kinder Outdoors. Hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today at Kinder Outdoors. Another big hour on the way, and this hour is brought to you by my friends at Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel with so many different formulas because, hey, there are so many different dogs, different ages, different lifestyles, and there's a Pro Plan that's perfect for your dog. At Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores, they're in Oklahoma and Arkansas, Texas, Kansas, and Missouri. I wanted to give you a heads up because there's just not a whole lot of time left to get your entry for the hunt of a lifetime in South Dakota. Get this, three winners will receive an antelope, elk, and deer tag. Not one or the other, but all three. These licenses will be valid for 2021 and 2022, and they're good in any unit for any season and any weapon. The second option gives you an opportunity to hunt the king of legendary Custer State Park, the Trophy Buffalo. Tickets are unlimited, but that drawing closes. You can no longer enter after Monday, the 19th, this coming Monday. Your entry supports Habitat in South Dakota, 
And you can get that entry by visiting me at kinderoutdoors.com. Seems like every summer, bears and buffaloes and tourists make the headlines. There's always that one person that wants to get out of the car at Yellowstone and walk up to the buffalo to take his picture. And lots of times he doesn't appreciate that and they tangle and the buffalo wins. Lots of bear stories this time of year, too, like this one. I told you about it last week. Avando, Montana, a woman was killed. She was camping outside the library in town. That bear attacked and killed her. Wildlife officials found that bear. They shot and killed that grizzly just about a week ago, less than two miles from Avando. And in Idaho, in the Kilgore area near Island Park, eastern Idaho, a fellow went for a jog the other morning about 6.30, and while he was out and about came across a mother grizzly with her cub. She attacked. Fortunately, he lived through it and made it back to the cabin that he was staying in where he called 911. Don't forget to carry the bear spray, a pistol if it's legal, when you vacation this summer in bear country. And not all bear stories are bad like this one. This story comes from the Hoosier State where biologists have confirmed sightings of a black bear in Vanderburg, Pike, and Davis counties. Here's the excitement. This bear is Indiana's fourth visiting bear and a sign that the population is expanding from neighboring states. We're seeing that here in Texas over the past few years, too. It's exciting. By the way, the folks with the Department of Natural Resources in Indiana, they want to invite you out to see them at the state fairgrounds. Opening day is July 30th. They'll have a fishing pond there. Bring the kids. <laughs> a lot of people that hunt ducks have trouble identifying hens from drakes, mallards from pintails. So this could be really helpful for duck hunters in Nebraska and South Dakota. You'll now have a choice between two daily bag limits when you register for your harvest information or HIP program. Nebraska and South Dakota are entering a brand new two-tier program that starts this duck season. Tier 1 is the current traditional six-duck bag limit with species and sex restrictions. You can only shoot this duck or that duck. But Tier 2 is for that fellow that just doesn't have a clue. A three-duck bag limit with no species or sex restrictions. HIP registration begins August 1st. When hunters go to register, they'll be asked whether they plan to hunt ducks. If so, they'll be prompted to select a tier, one or two. Hunters will then be bound to that bag limit for the entire season. A lot of folks vacation during the summer to their favorite fishing holes. The White River in Arkansas, maybe the Madison in Montana, or the Yellowstone, the Bighorn. And when the weather's hot, it puts added stress on the fish. The folks with the Wyoming Game and Fish Department have given us some practical thought when it comes to catching and handling fish this summer and gives those fish a better opportunity to survive. I'll run through them real quick. Fish early in the morning while the water temperature is cooler. Carry a pocket thermometer and monitor the water temperature. If that water is above 65 degrees, Consider keeping what you catch within the regulations, of course. 
If the water temperature is above 70 degrees, do not attempt to catch and release fish. Play and land fish as quickly as possible to reduce exhaustive stress. Keep the fish in the water as much as possible. Don't squeeze the fish or place your fingers in the gills. Gently remove the hook. And if hooked deeply, just cut the leader. Use barbless hooks that allow for easier hook removal. And if a fish is exhausted and can't hold itself upright in the water, and if regulations allow, consider having it for supper because that fish has a poor chance of surviving. I took a little walk around that Big Ducks Unlimited Expo a couple of weeks ago and just took notice of all of those pro dog trainers that had come in from all over the country and what they were feeding their dogs. And every single one of them fed Purina Pro Plan Performance Formula. 30% protein, 20% fat, and it's at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Through the years, everybody has loved watching Jack Hanna on TV. Well, hey, the Animal Man joins us next on Kinder Outdoors. It's Gary Loomis, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Imagine a change in Hollywood's message. Imagine a big screen version of your life telling your story as a God-fearing, red-blooded hunter. Manifesting your God-given right and skill to gather groceries in the woods and pray over them on the dinner table. Lots of folks seem to think this film is a great idea. This is Michael Waddell. I'm Tati Hayes. Hey, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent. And want to partner with you to build the first ever hunter-funded, God-glorifying movie centered around our hope, our heritage, our harvest. What this world needs is a hunter. You make this world a better place. Come on. TheHarvestMovie.com The granddaddy of all hunting shows, The Hunter's Extravaganza, returns to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. Bring the kids and see Gator Country's huge alligators and last season's bucks in our annual deer contest. Check out the latest in hunting gadgets and gear and enter our locked and loaded mega giveaway to win big. The Hunter's Extravaganza, coming this summer to Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. For details and tickets, go to Hunter'sExtravaganza.com. A Texas Trophy Hunters production. The Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza shows are back this year and going to be in San Antonio at Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall. San Antonio is the third of three big shows. Houston kicks it off. Then it's Fort Worth, and they'll wrap things up August 20, 21, and 22 at Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall, San Antonio. Keep listening to win your free tickets from Kinder Outdoors. And block your calendar now, San Antonio, for the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza this August 20, 21, and 22. Now, more than maybe ever, we could all use a little getaway. And the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas is the perfect spot. We are open for business and with well-thought-out precautions to help keep our guests safe. Bring the RV and enjoy our full-service hookups complete with cable TV, ramped-up Wi-Fi, and space to spread around while enjoying a great view of Grapevine Lake. We can comfortably accommodate any size RV or motorhome with plenty of pull-through sites. 
The Vineyards also features spacious lakefront cabins, fully equipped with all that you and your family will need to enjoy comfort camping. Our campground store is well-stocked with everything from groceries and ice to firewood and fishing supplies. Don't forget to bring the boat! The Vineyards Campground and Cabins features a private boat ramp with plenty of parking, a private beach, kayak, bicycle and paddleboard rentals, and even a full-service laundry on-site. Come to the Vineyards! We're right in the middle of Dallas-Fort Worth, but you'll feel millions of miles away. VineyardsCampground.com For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore. Men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. Sometimes, our office is a bass boat. Tough job, but somebody's got to do it. Kinder Outdoors. I fell in love with the Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores years ago when my friends at Purina Pro Plan first told me about them. I made a trip to one. We didn't have them in our neighborhood back then. We do now. And I was just blown away. You could buy everything from fishing tackle to feeder corn, Pro Plan for the dogs, fence building supply, you name it. It's there at Atwoods, including all of those pro plan formulas. Drop by an Atwoods, carve out a little time, you're going to want to look around, and pick up a bag of the world's greatest dog fuel, and that's pro plan, Purina Pro Plan. Jack Hanna has taught generation after generation of North Americans and folks around the world about different critters and conservation. He's not a hunter or an outdoorsman. But he does hold a deep respect and knowledge of just how important we hunters and fishermen are to the health of wild things and wild places. I had a chance to talk to him about that up in Montana on the shores of beautiful Flathead Lake. Well, Jack, I have a lot of hunters and fishers on. You're not a hunter, but folks uh, think of Jack Hanna, and they think of critters crawling all over you. So we have a lot in common, and and, uh, I guess the number one thing we have in common is conservation. Yeah, you know, people understand I don't hunt, as I told you. Um, We have deer all over our place eating all my wife's flowers, and that's just fun (laughs) for her. But as I try and tell people, the good Lord put predator-prey relationship on our planet. Yeah. Obviously... We've not done the best job of that, of controlling that. And I I, I tell people that the good hunters, you know, there only takes one bad hunter to affect a thousand good hunters. It's like in any industry, whether it's a doctor or whether it's a zoo director or whatever it might be. We all know that. Negativity drives our country. So that's too bad because without the hunters, we would have disasters all over the the planet because we have predator-prey relationship thanks to the hunters. Again, I don't hunt, but I do see the money the hunters put into the industry of conservation is 
billions, not even, could be trillions by now. Who knows? I'm talking about hunting licenses. I'm talking about each state in our country, the United States of America. Each state, set, Jack Hanna doesn't say what can be hunted. Neither does a hunter who says that or the game and fish guys who spend their lives out there, who know the numbers of these animals, not by rumors. They try and get the actual, not exact numbers, but they try and say what we have to do, yeah. whether it be the wolf or whether it be the deer or whether it be the elk or the moose or whatever it is. Like I told you, I'd have to kill myself before I did that. That's yeah. not the point here. It's a point we all have our beliefs, and I can understand why some people might not understand hunting, but some people need to look at the other side of what the hunter does. Right. For example, you drive in Ohio, try and go across the highways in the fall or whatever, and count the numbers of carcasses on the roads of deer right. who've been hit by a car or whatever it is, yeah. and are still wiggling and that kind of thing. You know, that's not how you want to go with an animal. Right. Um, and you also see that there's some animals. Back there was days when the overhunting did, did the wrong thing. That was right. back in those days. Boone and Crockett, which I just read this five years ago. I didn't know this. At Boone and Crockett. Everybody says, oh, Boone and Crockett, what do they do? It's very simple. I read that Boone and Crockett, I think it's the 1920s. I may be wrong on what president or whatever it was. Thanks to Boone and Crockett, they stopped the hunting a lot of species of animals in, in, in the Montana area. Right. Uh, in, I guess it was elk or moose. I'm not sure all the animals, but they by stopping hunting, which they stopped, they saved those animals from extinction. Had it right. been for them, they wouldn't be here. Yeah. So, you know, you can give a lot more examples if you're a hunter, but I, I don't know everything. But I'm just saying I'm, it's neat to see it. Uh, fishermen, hunters, conservationists. Uh, that should have been, uh, it's too bad we all didn't think of that years ago. Oh, absolutely. Because you right bet. now we got to get together. Absolutely, we do. And hunting is conservation and fishing is conservation. Exactly. We, we try to push that, the, you know, the, the, the taxes that, that come out of buying a fishing pole or a new rifle, it all goes back into our different states and helps. Uh, I think it's also very important that we all put our money where our mouth is, research some organizations uh, that do what they say they're going to do and put their money where their mouth is. Yep. And, and help the Conservation Act. Uh, Africa is a big deal, and you've seen firsthand what happens with poaching there. Yeah, I've seen the poaching in Africa. It's, as a matter of fact, my understanding is in Kenya, when I was uh, the leaders of Kenya at that time, uh, stopped the hunting, and therefore the poaching went up 100%. Yeah. Because the hunters that were out there, this was years ago, by the way. This is not today. This is years ago. Uh, and, and they were out there because you can't patrol the Serengeti Plains. Yeah. You can't patrol, and the hunters weren't in there, but they might have been there at that time. But the point is, they can't control it. The good hunter was going to call and say, hey, you got some guys out here taking the rhino, cutting the horns off. Yeah. You know, well, you, <laughs> that's what happens. Now, as far as hunting a lot of the animals today in Africa, that's something that is, 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 is something that I don't know that much about it today. I just know that uh, any good hunter, I don't think, would go after rhino today. That's my opinion. Some people might do it, that, 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 but that's something that I would have to say. I hold off for a while here because right now they got a problem. Elephants have a problem, as you well know. We know what the animals have a problem, and the good hunters know that as well. So the problem there is very simple in Africa. A lot of the countries are very corrupt. I'm not saying our country is perfect, but I can tell you one thing. The money that goes to, to, to some of these countries, I will not mention names, for hunting, never gets to the conservation end of it. Right. South Africa, by the way, they provide, I think all those licensing monies go right to conservation in yeah. South Africa. Uh, I know that certain countries, I will not mention the country's name because I don't need to chase me down, uh, <laughs> that they never see the, they see a dime of it. It goes right to the leaders, very simple. Exactly. And I'm not for hunting in those countries. Right. Well, and, and the folks that are trying to do it right, the hunting dollars that are spent there on photo safari, or actual safari, those are the dollars that fund the guys that are fighting the poachers. So it, it, it's hand-in-hand hand and, and conservation. I've always had this image, uh, Jack, that if I were to come to your house for dinner, uh, there'd be maybe a bird sitting on my shoulder and a monkey eating off my plate. How many critters do you have running around your house? Well, we had a lot in the old days. We really did. At one time, our, my wife and I, we did raise lions and tigers. This was not a roadside zoo, by the way. It's not to open to the public. We helped yeah. a lot of zoos by taking care of animals in the early 70s. Right. Uh, 
but we have had over the years, helping with the Columbus Zoo for 30-something years, we've had camels in the house. I've had uh, penguins in a bathtub. I've had kangaroos. I've had, I've had every kind of... Let's back up to that camel. What did the neighbors say when you brought a camel home, Jack? Well, they just didn't want to eat grass in their yard. Okay, leave their or, yard. Or spitting, or spitting on them. But it was a baby camel. We walked in the kitchen, and oh, my gosh. Then I had a trained rat in the kitchen, too, once. My wife didn't even mind that, believe it or not. And so we, we just, uh, you know, our house was uh, like an ark, so to speak, in the early days. Today, uh, uh, we travel too much to you know, our dogs and stuff, and, you know, it's, that's yeah. enough for us right now. Okay, yeah, camel in the, you know, camel in the kitchen. you got to be home to well, take care know, of it. Well, the sad thing is I tried to sell my house. I, gosh, it got down to almost below, way below what I paid for it. And I, the lady said, finally, boy, she says, you signed my wall in my, my laundry room there. I'll buy your house. I said, I'll sign it. I said, what, what all you had in here? I said, I don't want to go into it. You already bought my house. Don't worry. My house didn't smell. You're better off not knowing what that is. All right, Jack. I tell you what, it's a pleasure to meet you and hang out with you. Uh, you don't smell funny or anything well, like all people, those people You bathe and everything. Yeah, even in TSA when I go through there, they say, hey, Jack, you got any crap on your shoes? Do you want to inspect them? <laughs> you know, I, get, I put up with this all the time. I'm sure you do. Man, thanks for all you've done representing conservation through these years. You've been a shining star uh, in that area. Well, thanks to you guys because I know what it looks like when you don't have controlling of species and animals. That's all. And we you know, it's just the, uh, the hunters, the good hunters are, are great conservationists, and uh, it can be proven day in and day out. A great conversation up in beautiful Montana with Jack Hanna. Not a hunter, but understands and respects what we do and knows how important it is as hunters, fishers, and conservationists. Hey, I want to send you to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganzas. Now, I'm going to give you a six-pack of tickets, and these are good for Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio. Any of those shows that you'd like to attend, you can do it with these tickets. They're universal. Come see me. Here's how you win them. Come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com, and register. It's a simple drawing. And get this, we do a drawing every week, and if you don't win, your name stays in the hat. You're still in for the next week's drawing. Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. Register to win a six-pack of tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganzas. They are back post-COVID, and I can't wait. Hey, before we uh, take a little coffee break, I wanted to uh, give our condolences to the Geist family. Uh, The wild sheep community lost one of their giants recently with the passing of Dr. Valerius Geist of Vancouver Island. He was 83. Val was one of the world's foremost authorities on the biology and behavior of North American large mammals, most notably mountain sheep. Dr. Valerius Geist was a widely respected voice for those wild sheep, and he'll be missed. Summertime, hey man, that's fish time for a lot of people, and we've got a recipe that maybe you've never tried before. Our camp house cook, Master Chef John Bonnell, he's coming up after the break. Hey everybody, it's Edwin Evers, and when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Billy, I told you to tie on a jig, what's going on? You'll know Toby Meadows when you run into him on the lot there at Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine. Because on his name tag is a big green bass. (laughs) He's earned the right to wear that big fish around. He's caught three over ten pounds. Yes, sir. Three times. uh, Twice on Lake Fork and once on Lake Condren. This lifelong passion for Toby started in the cab of that old Chevy truck. Headed for the fishing hole 
a long time ago. I had an uncle, Uncle Jim, got me started. And it was just a little cork popper with little black and yellow feathers, looked like a bumblebee, and that started it all. Three 10-pounders and 19 years with the classic grapevine family. And Toby is still going down the road in that Chevy truck. These days, though, it's a little newer, a little less bumpy, and a whole lot more powerful. Yes, it is. I like it, too, especially that diesel. Got that half-ton diesel. It's good. Nice truck. Lifelong memories await your bunch in the cab of the truck. Get started at ClassicChevrolet.com. You might hunt the south pasture or maybe the double tanks. You've watched that big 10-point for four years now. Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe it's a doe you'll hang in the cooler tonight. We're almost out of sausage links and taco meat. Maybe a pig will come by today. Among all the maybes, there is an absolute. Take your wild game to Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. The Masakio family and their decades of family recipes will have your guests at a whitetail dinner complimenting you on the beef. Because we, the way we season them and then we, we cry back them, vacuum seal them, and then let them sit and then we put them in the freezer. So it, the, the spices get to work on the meat for a little bit. If you'll cook them just like a regular filet, you know, like medium rare or rare, it's perfect. I mean, it's, you can't tell the difference. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. CinnamonCreekRanch.com From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... Um, 
We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com From the rough brush of South Texas to the thick bush of South Africa, it's Kinder Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. If you ever want to reach us, uh, boy, we love to hear from you. 1-877-820-BBKO. 1-877-820-2256 is the phone number. And the easiest way to, to reach us is kinderoutdoors.com and leave a note on the camphouse door. Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. And we're also up on that brand new social media platform called Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Check us out there. You can check us out, link to the show, leave a note for us there as well. Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, Judge Janine Pirro will be the keynote at the 15th annual NRA Women's Leadership Luncheon and auction at this year's NRA annual convention coming up in Houston. September 3rd is the date that uh, Judge Pirro will be there. That luncheon and auction has become one of the most exciting and popular events at the NRA annual meetings and exhibits each year. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Our camphouse cook here at Kinder Outdoors and the old camphouse is really, really Good. <laughs> Master Chef John Bonnell, welcome back to the show. Every now and then, John takes his time off from hunting and fishing in God's great outdoors to do a little cooking. That's what we hear anyway, John. I've been accused of that from time to time. I'm doing great, Billy. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You know, John, uh, this time of year, a lot of people are going on vacation. They're going to fabulous fishing spots. They're bringing home things like halibut and, and uh, wonderful saltwater fish. Uh, but maybe that's not something that they cook every day, uh, and you can help us out a little bit. How about that guy that went up and caught walleye up north, which we don't have a lot of in Texas? Hey, I, I can help you with all those. And when you're trying to feed the family and make sure everybody's happy, the two things that come to mind are fish tacos and beer-battered fish. Either way, you're going to be a winner there. Mm, what is a great fish for fish tacos? You know, fish tacos, I love all the goldfish for that. Redfish, speckled trout, black drum, flounder, they all work great. You can also use halibut and things like that, but it's a really expensive fish to be cutting so small and putting in a taco. There's, there's, there's some fancier ways to do halibut if you, uh, if you came back from Alaska this summer with a, with a cooler full. Okay. Well, let's talk about those fish tacos for a minute. Um, uh, give us a fish and, and just walk us through how we're going to prepare that thing. If you've got a great fillet of black drum, at a very minimum, I would season that with salt, pepper, cumin, 
chili powder and a little cayenne pepper. Just give it a little bit of that Tex-Mex kind of flair right off the bat. If you've got a favorite seasoning blend, by all means use it. You can either take a nonstick skillet, a flat top like a cast iron pan, or on the grill, you want to cook it till it's through. I like corn tortillas for mine, but typically uh, people are split, corn versus flour. So offer both. The topping that I think makes the fish taco the most is the condiment, and I like to pickle some red onion and jalapeno strips. Take a little bit of red onion, slice it thin, some jalapeno strips, soak those in lemon juice and a pretty good hefty pinch of salt for at least a couple of hours. That's one of my favorite toppings, a little shredded lettuce or cabbage, and you got yourself an outstanding fish taco. Golly, that's good. I'll have six of them right now, if you don't mind, please. <laughs> Order fire pickup. <laughs> Hey, if we want to come eat dinner with you, where do we go? BonHillsRestaurantGroup.com. That's the website for all four of our restaurants. Soon to be five next year, we're going to have John's Grill added to the mix. So, Oh, tell me quickly about this. What is John's Grill? John's Grill. My brother and I have started a cattle line crossing Akiyushi and Angus cattle. So once we get our, our cattle program up and running, we are opening a hamburger place. It's easy to sell the ribeye strips and tenderloins, the glory cuts, as we say, at the fine dining restaurants, and we're going to grind the rest of the animal. It'll be a very heart-healthy, very high-end beef, and John's Grill, we're hoping, opens uh, February or March of next year. Man, I'll be looking forward to that. John Bonnell, thank you so much. You bet. Master Chef John Bonnell, fish tacos. Oh, that's just over the top. That sounds good for breakfast. <laughs> Hey, I want to remind you to win your tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. I've got a six-pack of tickets waiting for you at kinderoutdoors.com. Drop by and see me and register. And if you don't win them this week, hey, maybe you'll win them next week. Your name stays in the pot. It's a simple drawing, simple registration and drawing at kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, outdoors.com for a six-pack of tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganzas, and these tickets are good for Houston, Fort Worth, and San Antonio, wherever you want to go. Last hour, we were talking about the Texas Brigades. If you missed that and you have a youngster that enjoys summer camps, this is summer camp on steroids, and I want to get you to know the brigades a little bit. I volunteered at the Bob White Brigade out in West Texas on a beautiful West Texas ranch not long ago, just a few weeks back, and had a conversation with Morgan Payne. She started years ago as a cadet with the brigades and has come back every year since in different roles. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Billy? I'm good. It's good to see you again. We've, uh, you know, we never meet in an office anywhere. It's always at a really cool ranch someplace. You, you do cool stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. We are out on this ranch right now, and it is just um, an amazing time, um, beautiful ranch. We're so glad to be out here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great place, uh, and a lot of learning goes on here uh, at these different brigades, these camps. Dr. Dale Rollins started the Bob White Brigade many years ago. And just a few years back, you were not in the role you have now. You were actually one of the cadets. How did that come about? How did you become a part of this? So back when I was uh, 13, 14 years old, my brother actually went to these camps. And I started seeing all the opportunities that he was getting from these camps and all the friends he was making. And so I decided to go. And at 14 years old, I went to camp and at the Rolling Plains Bob White Brigade. And then after that, it's been history because I've just gone through and came back as an assistant covey leader and
started working for the Texas Brigades and all the way up to eight years later, and I am now the camp coordinator of the Rolling Plains Bobby Brigade. <laughs> you found a home. You love this stuff. I do, yes. Hey, I know you would encourage, obviously, you would encourage uh, youngsters that are interested in the outdoors. What kind of, what kind of kiddo makes a good cadet? Who, who really enjoys being here? Because it's rigorous. It is rigorous. And I say that any kid ages 13 to 17 who just loves the outdoors will love this camp. Yeah. And there are so many different camps. This is all about Bob White quail and uh, quail research, and you have the very best in the world here teaching uh, that and, and various other parts of the industry. Uh, but there are many other brigades. Yes, there are eight Texas Brigade camps, and they range from the Bob White quail. We have the buckskin brigades that go over deer. We have the bass brigade. We have the coastal brigade. We have a ranch brigade. And back this year is the Waterfowl Brigade. Uh, so whatever your youngster is interested in, uh, this would be a great place to, to get them in. Now, getting in, that's a whole different story. Uh, you can't just say, um, yeah, I'm going, because uh, there are only so many slots, and they fill up really fast. They do fill up really fast. They only take about 30 kids per camp. And um, in about November of every year, the applications come open, and you got to get on our website the Texas Brigade's website, and you'll apply there. And about March, you'll hear back and hear about what camp you're going to be going to that yeah. summer. Why do you stay involved in this? I know you're very busy. Uh, you're still going to school. You're adding titles to your degree. Uh, it's time-consuming. Why do you still do this? It's about the kids. It really is. When I was 13 years old, I came to this camp, and I was giving – this same interview with you back when I was 14 years old yeah. and it's amazing what these camps open up the opportunities that it lends you I'm not even getting a degree in wildlife or anything about this but these kids grow and you just build a community around them the brigades the youth brigades they're so special and they're not uh, reserved or limited only to Texas kids. Kids come from all over the United States to attend these different brigades. Learn more when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Dr. Dale Rollins, these brigades were his idea. We'll talk to him about it when we come back from the coffee pot. I'm Craig Boddington. When I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it at Kinder Outdoors. Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet, bid at an auction, be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. You might hunt the south pasture. Or maybe the double tanks. You've watched that big 10 point for four years now. Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe it's a doe you'll 
hang in the cooler tonight. We're almost out of sausage links and taco meat. Maybe a pig will come by today. Among all the maybes, there is an absolute. Take your wild game to Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. The Masakio family and their decades of family recipes will have your guests at a whitetail dinner complimenting you on the beef. Because we, the way we season them, and then we, we cry back them, vacuum seal them, and then let them sit, and then we put them in the freezer. So it, the, the spices get to work on the meat for a little bit. If you'll cook them just like a regular filet, you know, like medium rare or rare, it's perfect. I mean, it's, you can't tell the difference. Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. CinnamonCreekRanch.com You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website nstra.org and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. We screen that porch in just for you. Glad you enjoy it. You're in camp with Kinder Outdoors. North Carolina had a great turkey season. Results are in from the North Carolina Wildlife Resources Commission's 2021 Wild Turkey Harvest Summary. And that report shows that hunters statewide recorded the second highest harvested total on record, 21,974 turkeys taken this past spring in North Carolina. Harvest statewide was up 10.7%. Harvest during the week-long youth season was up. That's very important. 17.7% higher. Lots of kids had success. And, hey, maybe that will be enough to intrigue them and encourage them and engage them for life in the outdoors and conservation. 
I hope so. I'm Billy Kinder. This is Kinder Outdoors. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us this weekend. Really appreciate that. The Texas Brigades now, they've got a proven history of engaging and encouraging youth and a very high percentage of the kids that attend a brigade camp in Texas go on to spend not only a lifetime in the great outdoors, but are better human beings while they do it. I sat down on the front porch of a ranch house out in West Texas at a recent Bob White Brigade with the founder of the brigades. It was his idea. And I'm sure when Dr. Dale Rollins looks back on his life and his career, one of the supreme highlights of his biologist career will be the formation of the Texas Brigades. I had a chance to talk to Dr. Dale about that. It's great to be with you, Billy, and I always enjoy uh, visiting with you and sharing some information about quail. Yep, you bet. Uh, when did the uh, brigades start? This was your idea how long ago? It was my idea. I had what I call my Bob White Line Epiphany in December of 1992 as I traveled from Aspermont up to Guthrie and route to Childress to give a talk to some 4-H volunteers. And the, literally the name Bob White Brigade came into my mind. I didn't know what it meant. But I've always been one to follow my hunch, and when I got back, I visited with some other friends, and we decided to make a go of it. So it's been running since 1993. This is the 28th battalion this year. Is that not just amazing? Back then, did did you you put this thing together? Did you, could you have even imagined how this has grown? I'm sometimes asked about that, and I always quote Forrest Gump, who I'm a big fan of. Forrest Gump. He said, "I just felt like running." <laughs> so uh, you know, it's, no, I didn't have any idea 28 years ago it'd be where we are. We now have seven camps total. And we've got such a great crew of uh, volunteers and student workers and so forth. Yeah, it's it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it is uh, just phenomenal. What are kids going to learn, uh, no matter whether it's a buckskin brigade or a ranch brigade or a Bob White brigade? They're going to learn some common things throughout that week. What are they? We're going to use the biology of that particular critter, whether it's a mallard duck or, in our case, a Bob White quail, to teach leadership development. So they're going to learn things like team building, critical thinking, public speaking, things that they probably are lacking in. And, again, our goal has never been to train future quail biologists or deer biologists. Our goal has been to train future leaders, community leaders, congressmen, whatever the case might be, that have an appreciation for natural resources. Yeah, and, boy, oh, boy, has that been successful. Uh, you've got quite an alumni now after these years. We really do. It's it's always refreshing. As you know, you and I were together recently at the Park City's Quail Banquet, and I walked in there, and here comes a young man from the 1st Battalion, the Bob White Brigade, back in 1993. It was uh, Mike McCallum, who owns Restaurant. Yeah, there, kind of yeah some, some notable folks that have gone on and put those leadership skills to, uh, to work. Um, I tell you what, it's just a joy to come. It will reestablish your faith in, in our youth. Uh, if you were to get a visual of what takes place here. These kids are up at 5 in the morning, and they don't shut her down until they're completely finished with their chores, which may be midnight. Well, it may be later than midnight. And normally the classroom portion of it ends about 11 o'clock, but they've got homework assignments to do. So we've never apologized for that machine gun-like pace. It's something like they've never uh, participated in. But we always find that no matter how high the bar, how high we set the bar, they pull up to achieve it, and that's very rewarding as an educator. You'll find that uh, these kiddos will will respect each other and their elders here. They will be on time. They'll get up. They'll make their own bed. They'll they'll take care of their chores every day, 
And by golly, they, they seem to really like discipline and scheduling because uh, and self-discipline because they always come back. They want to come back. They, they love this. That's right. We challenge them to go home and conduct at least three programs on conservation education at their local community. We reward those that do ten or more. And if you ask most of them, we give college scholarships to the top six producers in each battalion. But if you ask the cadets, why would you be interested to come back? Because they enjoyed it so much. It's the toughest week they've ever been through, and they loved it. And they love it, and they come back. Let's talk about something we love, too, and that's Bob White Quail. Uh, And, of course, we're in the last stronghold here in Texas, western Oklahoma, south Texas, for Bob White Quail. Uh, And it's been dismal. We've had dismal years in the past, but it always seemed to bounce back, you know, as we were growing up in Huntingdale. Uh, but it's gotten more dismal in the past decade. Well, certainly for those of us in the Rolling Plains, the last three years have been tough old years. Uh, South Texas, you know, has been better. They've been able to get some rains and so forth. So they've they've been able to look at us and say, oh, you poor guys out there. Our Bob White's, our blue quail numbers have both been quite low over the last three years. Quail are in a rut right now, and when they're in a rut, you got a lot of things looking at you to eat you, and it's hard to bounce out of what we call the predator pit. They tend to be suppressed down there. So it takes really good uh, conditions to be able to give them the opportunity to reproduce enough to out-reproduce their predators kind of thing. We're off to a good start. I mean, starting about uh, late April, we've had some rain in West Texas. We had 10 inches of rain in May at the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch. So that is just exactly what this doctor ordered. Uh, We're seeing some pretty good nest productivity right now, and hopefully that will continue. The cool weather and the rain go hand in hand, and hopefully we'll continue to see some good reproduction throughout the summer. You know, when that that grass and those weeds were about a foot and a half, two foot tall and teeming with grasshoppers, that helps. Absolutely. We have a saying in West Texas, just add water. (laughs) And when we can get the water at the right time, well, things like broomweed come up, some, some plants that people just like to look down on, I typically herald as great things, and broomweed's a good example of those, and we're off to a good start with a broomweed crop. Cactus is a good thing a lot of times. We have a cadence right here at the Bob Barber Gate says, many ranchers do declare they got too much prickly pear. It's a thorny plant that they despise, but it sure looks good through a quail hen's eyes. <laughs> hey, who uh, took you quail hunting for the very first time? Uh, was it, did you go out on your own? How did you fall in love with these little birds? Well, when you grew up where I did in Hollis, Oklahoma, southwest corner of Oklahoma, we didn't have any turkeys, we didn't have any deer. We had Bob White quail. And so I learned, or I went quail hunting initially just riding in the lap of my daddy as he drove down the county road kind of thing. Hunter ethics weren't that great, so if you saw an opportunity, you took it. And from there, I graduated to a 410, shot my first quail on the wing with a 410. I could show you with GPS precision exactly where that happened in 1966. <laughs> and it's just uh, it's a love that's built from there. Yeah, and it has grown. And, boy, the influence you've had on a whole lot of folks since then. Uh, you're slowing down a little bit, backing off uh, of uh, the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch and a lot of the work that you've done there. Well, it was time for a, a, a new dog to come in there. I, I tell people that old dogs hunt hard, but they just can't cover the ground that those new dogs can. And so we're very, very lucky to announce Brad Kubetschke as our new executive director. Uh, I trained Brad. He interned with us at the ranch several years, and when you meet him, you'll be impressed with just how hard he hunts. He always keeps it in four-wheel drive. And so I'm stepping back into what I call a director of outreach role which I love. You know, I love doing the podcast. I love doing the Quail Masters, the Bob White Brigade. So that that's where that's where my career of 37 years was built, was in those outreach things. And I look forward to continuing those and carrying those on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to working with Brad. 
I've got to do my homework and study how to pronounce his name, though. That's the, uh, Rollins was real easy. <laughs> well, Kubeka, but he'll say Kubechka, so it's uh, whatever that is. Uh, uh, check. check name down there in Fayette County, Texas. But, yeah, he'll answer just about anything as long as you call him in time for supper. <laughs> there you go. Dale, thank you so much for all the, the hard work and dedication you put into our, our Texas quails and quails everywhere. We appreciate it. It's been a labor of love, Billy, and thank you for coming out and sharing your expertise tonight with the 28th Battalion of the Bobwhite Brigade. Dr. Dale Rollins. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house this and every week and invite you back next time around. Until then, may God bless you and your bunch. (laughs) 